Welcome back to Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. I was Christmas shopping today. Yes, you were. Up in LaGrange. And I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that my son and daughter-in-law aren't going to listen to this before Christmas. And I went into this really cool store called Jack West. And I saw something in there, and I had to buy it for Chuck. Chuck, tell Chuck, us what it was. Chuck, Chuck got elf socks. Now, they're not, you know, small socks, <laughs> but they're, they're socks that I can wear that have uh, Will Ferrell as uh, Buddy the Elf uh, screaming on them. I, I think it's the scene in which he realizes Santa is coming. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I, I'm going to have, I'm going to be uh, very warm and uh, festive. So, thank you. You're welcome. Thank but you. you started to say you interviewed Will Ferrell one, for this role. One of my first interviews. He was in town. Uh, he was in Chicago for, for Elf there many years ago. Uh, and um, they were really pushing it. They were really pushing that film. And um, I remember him saying during the course of the interview, he said, you know, uh, people say that my entire career rests on this film. <laughs> <laughs> and when you look back, I mean, he was just coming off Saturday Night Live. I think he was still on for a year, another year or so. Okay. He had done the crap, you know, Night at the Roxbury movie. Okay. And a couple others that, you know, just hadn't gotten any sort of traction at all. You know, and he was always the supporting guy still. So he says, yes, my entire career. And that's how he said a career is, is it. And I'm like, well, I hope it works out. He says, let me tell you, me too. So, I think it did. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it all worked out for him. So, yeah, good for you, Will Ferrell. Classic movie. I, I tell you, it's always on the Southwest Airlines movie app. And I watch it all the time. You know, what is it, what is it about? I, I mean, I was actually talking to, to somebody today about Jaws. And there are certain movies, it doesn't matter how many times you watch them. Right. doesn't matter. They're still fresh. You still get entertained. You, you know, and, and what is it? I mean, that's that secret ingredient to those, to certain movies that no matter what, I mean, they are truly timeless. As film critics, we should be able to taste that ingredient and tell people what it is, but I can't. I don't know. Well, I think that's the excitement of it, though, is yeah. that, you know, that that whole, uh, you know, and, and as filmmakers, that's got to be really rough because you're doing it and, and you're not going to get any reaction for months. Right. Sometimes years. Right. I mean, right. how do I know that I've done this right? I mean, so that's got to be agonizing. Uh, uh, for filmmakers, but yeah, that that secret thing that and it's the same thing with movie stars. Yeah, I mean there are plenty of good actors and actresses out there, but you know that doesn't mean they have that charisma, that right. thing that lights up the screen that we fall in love with, and and you can't take your eyes off them. It's that intangible thing. It is. It is. It, it, lots of things are going through my head, like. What's one movie that you do watch over and over again, especially around the holidays? And then I started thinking about Babylon. I think we're embargoed on that one, so I can't... Still yet a little yeah, bit, okay, yeah. so yeah. can't mention that one. Um, what is a movie that just really makes you just have those, those new feelings all over again every single time you watch it? Well, yeah, like I say, Jaws, every yeah. time. Um, you know, and it's funny, Spielberg has that, because, I mean, you can go to Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, it's Never always tired. fun. Never get tired of that one. E.T., I mean, he's got that He's got that, that, that sense of magic about him. Uh, you know, and I know it sounds like a cliche, but, you know, it's a wonderful life. Oh, and that's mine. That's what I was going to say. Every time. I cry every single time. You're crying time. every time. Yeah, you know exactly what's going to happen. I do. Still, I know all the lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah but there's just a, a sincerity, a conviction, a belief that you, you pick up. Uh, on those on those very special movies that right. no matter what y y you're sucked in time and time again so 
Do you, do you think we have any of those to talk about this week or the next couple of weeks? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, you know, one of the movies that we're going to talk about is Nanny, and I really did like that movie. That was and a heck of a too. surprise for yeah, me. Yeah, I, it was for me, too, in my interview with this young woman, Anna Diap, who is the star of she the film. She is something. She's incredible. I learned so much about the movie. I learned so much about her and how the two are intertwined. Uh, just yeah, it was I, a good interview. It, it was. I, I loved what she shared with me. I yeah. really did. She was, and she's just gorgeous, and mm-hmm. she's eloquent and regal. I mean, she could be a queen. Oh yeah, you, you, you know, you, you catch that. Yeah, and yeah. she's got that quality. She does because you know the thing about Nanny is it's a slow burn. It is, and you've got to really be patient. But because of all those things you mentioned about Miss Diop, that kept me interested. I'm like, I'm going to see this through because, you know, of her charisma and, and sucked me into her character well, and, and what was going on. And, and, and great screenwriting, too, because it does pique your interest. Um, if you haven't seen Nanny yet, it's going to be on Amazon Prime Starting this tomorrow. Friday. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it stars Anna Diop as um, Aisha. She is mm-hmm. from Senegal. And she's got a young child who she leaves behind in Senegal with a relative to raise while she comes to New York City and works for a very wealthy family as a nanny on the Upper East Side. Um, Things don't work out quite the way that she had planned. She sees these people in one light and then realizes that it is another another actuality. And as she's working for money to bring her son over and create this better life for the two of them, we see glimpses of supernatural and spiritual things happening and, and blending in, blending into the to reality, what is real, what is not. This intensifies over uh, the course of how many months that she's there. Uh-huh. She ends up having a, a love interest in this story as well. Um, and within this love story, this man's mother, played by Leslie Huggums, Huggums, Huggums yeah, um, incredible actress. Yeah, I, I didn't loved, know she I, was still around. I was glad I, to see her. I, I was too. Yeah. She had such a, an element of authenticity to this yeah, film as completely. well. As we learn a little bit about the Senegal myths and mm-hmm. culture and how. Um, Aisha really doesn't know much about what's happening to herself, and the two of them come together to try to uncover what's actually happening. Heartbreakingly beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And the symbolism that is within this story is just absolutely incredible. I'm going to go ahead and pause here. I want to play a couple of clips Mm -hmm. from my interview um, just so that when you watch it, and I really hope that everyone does get a chance to watch this movie, that it gives you insight into what everything means within it. Let's take a listen. Nanny is, is um, it's a story about motherhood and survival and resilience. It's a story of Aisha who immigrates from Senegal to New York. Through her, we, we explore um, these themes of, of survival and resilience and what it means to try to, um, I guess, have the American dream. How did you personally connect with your character, if you did? Yeah, um, my mother and Aisha have so many parallels. My mother also immigrated from Senegal to Houston when I was five years old. And she did it for the exact same reasons Aisha does, which is to try to create a better life for me. And um, so it was a story that was deeply personal to me and and very moving. I I was honored to, to have been given the part. You've got the theme of water 
-hmm. and that's from your past, your character's past, your mm -hmm. present, and your future. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me about the symbolism, if, if there is anything at all with that? Yeah, that's such a beautiful question. You know, in Senegal, we're right on the Atlantic Ocean, mm -hmm. and so water is a huge part of our culture. It's where we get the abundance of our protein because we eat a lot of fish. It's where we go to play and swim. It's where um, spiritually in Senegal, we also are of the, of the mind and of the belief that it's also a cleansing and a healing place. Okay. And so um, um, a, a practice that we do is Whenever you go to the beach, you don't just go to the beach to play and have fun. You also take with you some water from the beach. And throughout your week or your days, um, whenever you're stressed or have angst or concerned about something, you wash yourself with that water because we believe it to be a healing um, source. Okay. And so it was really beautiful to explore that theme of water with a filmmaker that understands um, what water means to our culture and what it means to our people. Um, and in this film, we see it as a source of healing, of home, of comfort, and also destruction and tragedy. Um, something Nikiatu talks about often is how um, during the transatlantic slave trade, um, the, the individuals, the slaves, for lack of a better term, that were being brought over to the Americas would choose their own faith and jump into the water and drown themselves right. as to escape the horrors that they knew were coming once they landed. So water in, in, in African uh, cultures and, and black uh, history is, is, a, is a powerful thing. It's a very meaningful thing. And, and yeah, this film definitely explores so many themes of it. Incredibly brilliant woman and the perfect person to play right. this role. You know, I gasped twice. Did you really? Yeah, I, I mean, I was there was two twice when it just kind of threw me for a loop. Um, and and I love the you know I love horror films that aren't you know that mean something and right. this whole sense of alienation she's going through. This whole they're talking about the immigrant experience. Right. How do you integrate into a new culture and yet? not forget your own because you can't forget your own because that's what made you who you are. Right. And these are all things that she's wrestling with and all things that come out, and I'm using your quotes here, the horror or the suspense of the film. This isn't a typical horror. No, not I, at I had, all. I had a really hard time putting it into a genre, if you I'd will. Say thriller. You know? Psychological thriller, thriller maybe. Yeah, yeah. 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 And this is produced by Bloomhouse, who has I mean, they have they are the, you know, number one as far as horror films are concerned. But this right. is not the typical what they usually produce. No, this this kind of reminds me a little bit of Jordan Peele's Get Out. And coincidentally, she was also in Peele's Us mm -hmm. from yeah. a few years ago. But it's it's smart, it's relevant, it's timely. Mm -hmm. it, it takes into consideration social issues that are occurring within yeah. our lives, our world. It's haunting. It is. I mean, I, I saw it uh, about a week ago, and I still my mind still turns back to it. I'm like, yeah, that was really good. Oh, yeah, that I remember that moment. It's it, 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 like Be patient with it. It's only 97 minutes. Be patient with it because yeah. the payoff, trust me, the payoff is worth it. You know, when um, I, I saw this at the Chicago International Film Festival, mm -hmm. which was what, like in early October, right, mid-October, yeah. 
Um, and I saw that it was a horror movie. I wasn't thrilled about seeing it. Thrilled that I did see it. And then I knew you were going to see it. And I thought, oh, you were like the, the horror connoisseur. What are you going to think of this? Because you're, you're up here with your mm -hmm. knowledge base. And I thought, I really hope you liked it. And mm -hmm. so I'm so glad that you did. Yeah, it's up there with Smile for me. And I still haven't seen this it. This year, as far as smart, smart horror films. Still and have to uh, see it. Yeah, it's, I, I really, really, you know, this is why I do this, to be surprised. You go in with no expectations, you don't know much, and then, wow. Yeah. You know, and so, so yeah, that, th these are the types of ones I need to reinstill a little bit of hope. Yes, <laughs> and, and, you know, it's interesting, at this time of year, and, and um, after, at the end of the podcast here, we're going to talk a little bit about the Critics' Choice Awards nominations, mm -hmm. as well as Chicago um, Film Critics Association and their winners. Um, we, we see, what, maybe 300 movies a year, 350, something like that? It's, it's a crazy number. Yeah. And sometimes movies get kind of shuffled, buried, and lost. And, yes. And Emily the Criminal, oh. which is on your top list, I'm going to guess. going to be number two. Number two. Um, it wasn't on my top list until I think I'm revising my top list because I just watched it again yesterday. Damn, it's smart. So smart. And so again, good. Timely. Yes. And she's so good, Aubrey she Plaza. Is. I mean, if you haven't seen this, I mean, it. it yeah, again, I, if, I, if I take the time to watch a movie three times... Yeah. That tells you something, because as you say, we have to watch so many things. But to carve out that time to go back, and I get something new every time. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad that I did. Man, this this boosted up and probably will make my top ten. And, you know, and, and this is not to discredit that, but I, and I think we'll talk about this in a later podcast when we wrap up the year, but it hasn't been a great year. It hasn't. And, and, and I just, I, I, I think I found the film that I love. I don't know if you have yet. But, I mean, I have really been disappointed with the end-of-the-year stuff, too. I mean, I'm usually looking to be blown away by a couple of things. One of them did it for me, yeah. and that's it. Okay. Yeah. I, I've, I've got two that I feel very, very strongly about. Mm -hmm. And then the, the rest of the slots, you know, usually it's like, ah, oh, damn, I've got 25 top films. I've got to cut it down to 10 this year. Mm, it's going to be easy. i got 10, maybe 11. Yeah, it's going to be easy. <laughs> it is. Be easy. It uh, is. And uh, things need to rebound quickly. Now, yes. from what everyone tells me, yeah. you know, I'm going to go see Avatar here in about an hour. I'm debating. I don't want to. I'm just going to say that right out. Yeah. I don't want to. But a lot of people who I respect yeah. are saying it's the thing. It's, you know, going to blow you away. It's, you know, uh, you know, it's making top ten lists all over the place. It got some nominations from uh, Critics' Choice. Uh, so I'm going in. I'm trying to be hopeful. Uh, but you and I kind of talked about this a little bit as far as maybe we've gotten to the point to where we've seen too many movies. I don't want to use the word that we're too old. Let's say we're too experienced. Yeah. And, and some of these things that, that people love, I just don't understand. Yeah. I just don't understand. And, and I'm feeling like, I mean, I've always felt like I, my, I've, my voice has been in the minority, and I'm feeling even more so now. Mm -hmm. I just... Mm -hmm. Don't get it sometimes, especially some of these nominations. I just don't get it. Well, here's the thing, though, and and we didn't review everything everywhere all at once right. uh, when it first came out because we both hated the Daniels' first film, and you know we did, we did, and so and, and I guess we need to be more open minded about that. I finally got around to seeing it, and that was one I don't understand. I know you liked I it. I loved it. I don't get it. I just don't get why this is taking everything by storm. It got the most nominations from uh, the Critics' Choice. It had the most wins for the Chicago Film Critics Association. It's 
being brought up again and again and again. Explain it to me. The appeal. I lasted an hour. Man. And then I fast forwarded through. Okay, I laughed my ass off. I thought it was hysterical. I loved the relationship. I loved the 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 multiverse concept. I think it's a very cool concept. I know that's, you know, superhero. That's old hat, ladies. It is. It is, but it's mm-hmm. but in something that just feels a little bit more real world versus superhero. Okay. Um, I liked the integration of that. I thought that was fun. And I really loved all the, the characters. Michelle, how do you say her last name? I think it's Michelle Yo. Yo. Yeah. Um, yeah, she plays a woman who's at loose ends. Uh, her family's falling apart. She's about to lose her laundromat. She's got tax problems. <laughs> and then she finds out that she is a heroine in other universes and she's got to get it together in order to save all the universes right right Right. and and the universes some of them are hysterical the hot dog fingers (laughs) you missed that didn't you no i got to it okay i think that's where i fast forward it like okay i'm done (laughs) i thought it was hysterical jamie lee curtis is is amazing as she turns out to be a bad guy and she's hunting um michelle yo's character down michelle is married to this guy who's a bit of a loser but in a little flip of a switch, he's actually he's from the hero. universe yeah. too. Um, I thought it was complicated, and I thought it was wonderfully explained. I was along for the ride. I was. I watched this on a trip from Chicago to LA on American Airlines because they have a great selection of movies. Thank you very much, American Airlines. And I just laughed and laughed. The two hours went by really quickly. It is a little bit long. Two I hours and a 20 bit. minutes. Okay, so maybe it's about 20 minutes too long. <laughs> so there's two rocks that talk to each other too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I, li- I liked it a lot. I'm sorry that you did not No, I mean, it. good for you. Good for yeah. you. And I guess I'm sorry for myself that I <laughs> that you didn't just haven't, it. you know, I just scratched my head at this whole thing. It came off to me as cheap. Okay. I hated that it was stuck in one location. Yeah, you said you texted me like, "Are they getting out of this effing laundromat?" Even though no, we're at the IRS. Oh, the IRS. That's right. You know, even though we're in multiverses, I never got the notion that we were moving anywhere. Okay. You know, we were always stuck in this building, and okay, I realized the budget was, you know, wasn't what they wanted, and things like that. I get it, but I, I just, I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and try it again, but it just didn't. Yeah, well... It, it, and maybe the hype was too much by the time I got to it. And that's a distinct... Although the hype was pretty high when I got to it, too, because I just watched it a couple weeks before you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, we all had different sensibilities. We all had different... I mean, senses of humor, too. Oh, completely. And, I mean, completely. I don't even know how many different types of humor they say there are. Um, but I know you and I are very different. We both mm-hmm. like dark humor. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's where it kind of, I, I think we're done at that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. We like different comedies. My friend Kristen and I, she has a totally different sense of humor than I do. She likes everything my husband likes. Ah, there you and, go. And <laughs> they're very similar with that. So I think that's I think that's a similarity. And look at let's look at um, Banshees of Inner Sharon. I The best movie of the year. Yeah, and I didn't love it. I didn't find it funny or entertaining. So I understand where you're coming from on this everything, everywhere, all at yeah. once, because everybody else is in the inner Sharon boat, and I'm out to sea somewhere, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and that ended up winning uh, for Chicago Film Critics Association as the best best film. Yeah, best which picture. Which I voted for. Best, uh, best. I think out of the ones that were there, I think I voted for it as well. I mean, it was the big winner. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, Carrie Condon, best supporting actress, well-deserved. Colin uh, Farrell. Brendan Gleeson, best supporting actor. 
uh, Colin Farrell, best at, and I think also best best screenplay. Yep, it did, it did. Uh, and I hope that that momentum, you know, picks up and continues. Uh, with the Critics' Choice Awards, and the reason we're talking about the Chicago Film Critics and the Critics' Choice is that we're members of both. Uh, it, you know, everywhere got fourteen nominations. Fourteen. It's a lot. Is that like a record? It's got to be know. up there. It's got to be close. Yeah. You know, and you know, fine, whatever. Uh, but you and I have had, you know, issues with this organization uh, for a long time. And I think that they really came out this year as well. I mean, what part of the problem with the Critics' Choice or, or organization is that, you know, they have nominations, but they, they might have six or seven in each category, which kind of waters things down a little bit. Right. But even with six or seven, there were still films that were overlooked. You realize 13 Lives got nothing? Oh, I didn't realize that. Nothing. Not even production. Not even production. And they That's... built those caves in airplane hangars for the realistic uh, cinematography. Yeah. You know, everyone, you know, you think cinematography, you think, oh, beautiful stuff. You know, there's other skills involved there and them having to shoot underwater. It was incredible. Unreal. I mean, that got nothing from us. Oh, that's so sad. You know, that doesn't represent what we're supposed to know. Exactly. And that doesn't know? bode well for other uh, organizations either. Right. Do I think 13 Lives is the best film of the year? No. But it certainly is well-crafted. And I'm certain that, you know, in the Academy now it nominates 10 films. It could crack that 10, and I yeah. wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, so, so I have, you know, I had a problem with that. And there was yeah. a few others that were overlooked as well. Uh, but that always happens. It does. It happens every single year. Yeah, they have no taste. <laughs> Apparently at not. At all. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I know you liked Banshees, but, I mean, I looked at the nominations for the Chicago Film Critics, and I'm like, okay, I didn't pick one of those. Yeah, no, you didn't. Yeah, you were on the outside looking in. Yeah, I definitely was. I was, like, five miles away. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you were. Um, we don't have anything. You, you know what? I w- well, it's feast or famine. Yeah. You know, next week, then we're going to we're gonna have way too much. Right, right. And we won't be able to cover it all. Yeah, and we'll do our best. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to argue about one next week. Although you saw Babylon twice. I did. And you said you liked it better the second time. Yeah, and, and we'll talk one. about why. It's, yeah, okay. It's an interesting thing. I don't think I'm the uh-huh. only one in that, in that boat. Here I am in a boat again. There you go. <laughs> Is yeah. it sinking? Does it have yeah. a hole? Well, yeah, there's a lot to talk a lot about with Babylon. Definitely. Yeah. And the reaction to that has been very interesting. That's, I think, a love or hate. I think you're right. Uh, that I, I don't see any, from what I've been reading and from what I've been hearing from people that I've talked to, there's no middle ground right. on that one. Yeah. And I understand that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one that we're going to talk about next week that I'm anxious to watch this weekend. What? Puss in Boots 2. Oh, my God. You're going to Which gonna... I hear is fantastic. Oh, I'm not allowed to say anything yet, I don't think oh, so. Oh, okay. Am I? I don't know. No, yeah, no. It's they, There's reviews on Rotten Oh, Tomatoes. my God. It's so much fun. I've heard that. <laughs> I can't so, wait. I've watched it twice. <laughs> okay. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I'm watching Even it. Even Chris watched it twice. I'm watching it tomorrow night. Okay, I can't <laughs> wait, and we'll talk about that one yeah, next week. that is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that one looks like a scream. Uh, so we, we got that, we got Babylon. What else is next week? There's I don't even know. There's just a ton of stuff. And I don't even know, you know, we're just going to have to go ahead and talk about the Fablemans at some point. I mean, um, I don't know when it's coming out to us locally. Yeah, I don't know either. But, I mean, they, uh, I, I, you know, do you realize... That that is, you can watch that on POV now? No way. Way. Apparently, this has been the worst, the worst Thanksgiving that they've ever had. Oh, I did read that, yeah. And those types of movies, apparently, uh, you know, the Fablemans, uh, the Disney cartoon, uh, a lot of those awards ones, Tar, which has been out a while, but 
they're saying that these prestige films just aren't catching and that that crowd is staying home. And so they're rushing them now to watch at home a lot quicker. Okay. So yeah, okay. Fable Ones, you can see it at home. It hasn't come to Champaign-Urbana yet, but you don't have to leave. And in a sense, they're kind of undercutting themselves by doing that, I think. I don't know. I, I think I think they're still trying to figure out what the algorithm is to make money to and to get it in front of people's eyes and to get awards so they can do more. So I don't I, I think because everything is available and people people don't go to the movies like they used to. People will go to see Avatar. Um, let me know if you feel sick from well, the, the glasses you have to wear. You know, and, and I think this is one of the things I'm gonna cover in my review is that, you know, the movies have always cyclically go through crossroads you know um tv was going to wipe the movies out right. no one was ever right, going right. to go to tv again right you go to the movies again because of tv what do they do they they pivot and suddenly we have these huge widescreen uh extravaganzas that get people back into the theater the vcr why would you go to the movie again vcr is going to wipe out the films right a little bit of a blip but Comes Another back. innovation is Avatar, that sort of innovation that will get people back into seats. Maybe for that one film. Right. But it's such an expensive process right. that they're using. It can't be a widespread thing that yeah. you, you know. I was talking to a, a, a guy who owns a theater down in Decatur. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got an old theater and he's bought the storefront next door, split it into two theaters. He's got three and he's struggling. Yeah. They're struggling. And I, we were talking, I, I don't think they'll ever build a multiplex again over 10 screens. I don't, I don't think they should. I really, you know, when, when all of, uh, well, when COVID hit, and I really thought that we would see things change more drastically. I thought maybe movie going would come back around to the way it used to be back in the 30s and 40s and 50s, where it was an event. It was a thing to do. You mean once we get out of COVID? Once we get out of COVID, yeah, yeah. But it, it's, it isn't. Um, I, would, I would have liked to have seen that. There are too many things working against it. Just but, way too yeah. many things. Yeah. You know, it's expensive to go to the movies. It, well, and that's why a lot of 20 and 30-year-olds don't go. Right. Um, someone was telling me they drop 100 bucks when they go to the movie. Mm-hmm. $100. Yeah. I used that's to go every lot. weekend. Yeah. I'd go every weekend. Didn't matter. You know, was going to go see something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and yeah, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. And so and, if you've got Netflix, you're paying, I don't know, 15, 20 bucks a month. And right. And you've got, you know. And uh, the stuff they bring. I know. And and then you've got Hulu, which is another five bucks, unless you pay 13. Amazon. The, you got Amazon. I mean, seriously, why would you go to the theater unless it's something special? Yeah. And that's you know? that's my fear. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and the only reason we'll go to the movies anymore for superhero films Adventure films, the big spectacles. Yes. I, I think that's what movie theaters are going to be for, and that's that's a shame. It is. It is. That's a shame. So let's hope I'm wrong. You have been before. <laughs> Once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> and that does it for Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. Um, thank you to everybody for listening, taking the time, and thank you so much. I've gotten some great emails from people mm-hmm. thanking us. Thank you very much for doing that, taking time out of your day to let us know what you're thinking. I really appreciate that, both Chuck and I do. And please share. We'd love for more people to be able to listen to this. And uh, we will save you a seat. 